This is Markin Out from Long Island, New York. Comes the most stylish, elegant, bewitching, eternally beguiling, continuously charismatic, and fantastically fascinating podcast to appear in your ears. Allow yourself to be seduced, enchanted, dazzled, and entranced by Mark and Out. Welcome to Mark and Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 535. I am one of your hosts, Dave the Rave. And make sure you check us out on MarkingOut.com. Go follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, all across the board. Don't forget YouTube and Twitch as well. Check us out, marketout.com on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, wherever you can subscribe. Make sure you subscribe. And also, go visit prowrestlingtees.com slash out to buy the t-shirt, of course. Also, something amazing, something huge, something valuable for you. Make sure you check out manscaped.com. Use the code REGARDLESS for 20% off and free shipping. How about that? Now, talk about a bargain. Also, Instagram. Follow me at DavidPTDPT. Also, check out Brandon at BTTG161 and Chris, Chris Sweendog. And, of course, Marking out 11 on Instagram, marking out on Twitter, and I am alongside here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always. How about yourself? I'm doing uh I'm doing great, you know. I'm 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 ready to go. This is gonna be a fun podcast today. How was your week? My week was good. My week came and it went. It was a, a very quick week, a very busy week. The weather outside has been gorgeous. I've been wanting to get down to uh, Jones Beach or Long Beach or Lido Beach or some beach to uh, just chill a bit, but have not done that. How about you? How was your week? Well, because of my grandmother's funeral on uh, this weekend, mm-hmm. my brother, sister-in-law, and my niece were up from Florida, so it was nice to see them for a few days. And it's funny, after my niece leaves, she says my name. Aww. <laughs> so she cannot say Brandon. She was I was sent a video of her watching Cooking with Brandon episode three. I know from the audio. <laughs> and she, and they're like, Who is that? And she's like, Uncle Brandon. I was like, Oh, look at that. Aww, she, she left and says my name. That's really <laughs> but, cute that she finally said your name. Yeah. And then on uh, on Sunday, I went to my cousin's baby naming, which is a, uh, I believe it's just a Jewish tradition thing. I don't know. I don't think other religions have alternate names like that, that they mm-hmm. would call baby naming. But it's the, the first time that I met her, my cousin's son and my other cousin's daughter. And uh, they both seem to like me, so that's good. Granted, they're both less than one right now, so mm-hmm. 
they don't really know what's going on. <laughs> but, yeah. But it was nice to finally get a chance to meet them after not seeing them for us. I mean, my both of my cousins gave birth during COVID. So I have not seen my I have not seen many people during COVID, so it has been quite some time since I have seen them. So it was nice to get together and be distant at a uh, party. Everybody was vaccinated. I don't know if that matters mm-hmm. or not. Yeah, that's but, uh, definitely that definitely matters. You know, but that's yeah, nice that, that you was... got to that you got to see them too. Yeah. But we're going to say goodbye to Dave right now and I'm going to cover AEW Dynamite and Impact Wrestling. Uh, Before we talk about AEW Dynamite, just some bigger news. Andrade ended up challenging Kenny Omega to a match at Triple Mania for the AAA Mega Championship. Uh, Kenny Omega has not accepted yet, but I think Omega needs to lose. I don't really see it fitting into the current persona of Kenny Omega, but I think it's time. Also, Tony Khan was on Busted Open this past week and said that he hopes for a full crowd, a full capacity crowd at Double or Nothing. I know I wouldn't personally feel comfortable going to a full capacity show right now, but Florida is Florida. It's happening. I mean, we've seen it in, in Wrestle, at WrestleMania. Uh, that wasn't full capacity, but we've seen like a, a massive group of people with the Super Bowl with WrestleMania. We've seen other professional sports outdoors in other states. I think, if I'm not mistaken, they're going full capacity for Yankee Stadium and City Field here in New York on uh, on May 19th, a day synonymous with Kane in wrestling history. But I, I just, I don't know. I hope they enforce the mask rule. I don't think COVID is, like, it's not done yet. The numbers are going down, but just keep washing your hands Keep covering your mouth when you cough and sneeze with the do the elbow gimmick, the elbow joint. Don't 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 cough into your hands. Just it's just it was bizarre to me that from the start of this pandemic that people had to actually be told to to wash their hands. So um but moving over to AEW Dynamite. It was a big blood and guts special. Uh the first hour i don't think people were aware of going into this i saw some like rumblings on the internet prior but the apparently the first hour was just a completely taped show and the the fans were there reacting live via screen footage that they were seeing uh because they wouldn't have had enough time to set the cage up before what they needed which I don't, I can't blame AEW for that. I know that when WWE had Raw 25 and fans were shown live footage of actual stuff going on at Barclays Center, at Manhattan Center, people were furious. People tore WWE apart. But only five people, apparently, five people, I don't know how you get that number, asked for refunds. But again, I can't blame AEW for that. I just, uh, I think they should have been a bit more transparent beforehand. But everybody was there for the big blood and guts match anyway. But the first match that we saw, 
John Moxley, Eddie Kingston pick up a victory over Nakazawa and Kenny Omega. Before the match, Don Callis announced that Kenny Omega could not make the show. He was not at the show. Commentary. Kenny Omega is 100% in the back. We've seen Kenny Omega. Omega shows up, attacks them with the championship before the match. Uh, And then he ends up leaving during the match. Leaves Michael Nakazawa there by himself to take that loss. We saw the Young Bucks come out afterwards. The Good Brothers attack John Moxley and Eddie Kingston from behind. The Young Bucks join in. And then Omega makes his way back out. Hits that one-winged angel on Eddie Kingston. I thought it was a wasted 15-minute segment. Not really enjoying everything that's going on with the Elite right now. Next match up, we saw Cody pick up the victory over QT Marshall. I was pulling for QT Marshall here. This match, man, oh man, what a bunch of uh, stuff that I did not agree with, I guess. Cody, he tries to use his weight belt. The referee stops him and then let QT Marshall use his own belt. QT gets in Arn Anderson's face and Arn Anderson starts beating up QT Marshall right in front of the referees. Bunch of refs came out and I thought for sure that was going to be a DQ finish there. No DQ. I liked uh, QT Marshall hitting the crossroads. Cody kicks out of that. Cody then hits crossroads on QT and QT kicked out. Big fan of that. Uh, Cody wins with the figure four though. And... uh, in this match, I have no idea how Cody Rhodes ended up busted open. It was right before the 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 figure four. It was just pouring down his face. I don't know what. I, I just have no idea. Afterwards, though, Anthony Agogo came out, knocked Cody out in the uh, the guts portion of his uh, body with that uh, that move he's been doing. After this, we had an interview with Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. About Sting and Darby Allen. Darby Allen out of nowhere charges at, at uh, Ethan Page, takes him out. Scorpio Sky attacks Darby Allen. Ethan Page comes back, joins in, and then he tosses him down a flight of concrete steps. I don't know how anybody, it, it, like shades of Mick Foley being thrown down the steps at Madison Square Garden. I've. Never fallen down the steps to my recollection, but I don't think that's something... I've tripped on a step, but I've never like actually tumbled down steps before. And I don't think that's something I would ever sign up to do. And it's funny, that's that's a brutal thing, but that's not even like the most brutal staircase thing that I've ever seen, because they had that Samoa Joe spot where he like just charges and jumps onto the steps. Uh, in Impact Wrestling. But apparently Samoa Joe was perfectly fine after that. And everything else was just hearsay. So uh, kudos to Joe for keeping kayfabe all those uh, all those years. Next matchup, you saw Britt Baker defeat Julia Hart. Making her debut on AEW Dynamite. Made it sure. They made it clear to uh, say she's not in the Hart family. Uh, but this match went as you would have expected it to. I don't think it really builds Britt Baker up to go against Hikaru Shida. 
And I assume that Britt Baker is going to be walking out of Double or Nothing as the the AEW Women's Champion. Um, I just think it's bizarre how they've been treating Hikaru Shida. She's barely on TV. We ha- we barely see her as a champion. Her biggest thing this year was the the women's tournament, and she she was like the producer of that. We just, I don't know. I think she should be on TV every week. If Kenny Omega's on the TV every week, why is Hikaru Shida not on TV every single week? After this match, we had SCU pick up the victory over Jurassic Express, uh, which, fantastic ringside set still. Can't believe that's a an actual set. Fantastic. Use the code MAJOR for 10% off. Varsity Blondes also in the match. Uh, Brian Pillman paying tribute to his father with those trunks. I thought that was cool. And uh, the acclaimed. SCU get a title shot against the Young Bucks next week. I think it was somewhat obvious that SCU was going over given the stipulation that if they lost, they'd they'd be retiring. So, I, I don't know. I don't see them winning the Tag Team Championships next week. On a random episode of Dynamite, are they going to just retire? I don't know. After this, we saw John Moxley cut what I think seemed like a heel promo on Yuji Nagata because he is going to be wrestling on Dynamite next week and facing John Moxley for the IWGP US Championship. I think this is a fantastic person to wrestle John Moxley. A uh, great legendary name of the wrestling business to have on AEW Dynamite. And I'm looking forward to that match. Uh, After that, they announced Pac versus Orange Cassidy uh, taking place next week. Where the winner is going to be facing Kenny Omega at Double or Nothing. Kenny Omega said it should just be him versus Pac. Uh, Cassidy came out and Omega takes his glasses. Gives them to Nakazawa. Just basically treating uh, Orange Cassidy with disrespect. Nakazawa, though, less than an hour beforehand, was beat down by John Moxley and Eddie Kingston, and now he appears as if he's just like respawned completely, un uh, unfazed of what happened earlier in the night, holding the Impact Wrestling Championship, uh, and it seems like. Out of that promo, that Orange Cassidy is going to be the person going to double or nothing to face Kenny Omega. Main event, freshly squeezed. Or should I flip that? Freshly squeezed main event? (laughs) But after that, we saw Miro pull out a contract. A contract that stated that he's going to be getting a TNT Championship match next week. I don't, again, don't see him... And if uh, Tony Schiavone made sure to say that if Darby Allen is unfit to compete, he will have to win the match via um, forfeit. Miro's like, I don't need a forfeit victory. So I, I don't know if that's going to end up happening. We didn't see Sting this week. He was already taken out. Is Darby going to come back? Come back from the the steel the, the steel steps from the the concrete steps? Not sure. Blood and Guts time. Uh, It starts with Dax Hardwood, Sammy Guevara. I don't have to tell you the order here, but the Pinnacle basically got murdered in this match. FTR 
was beyond busted open. MJF bloodied up too. Bunch of guys are bloodied up in this match. During the commercial break though, we saw Tully Blanchard try to get involved. Jericho puts a stop to it. But the cage doors open. MJF makes makes his way up to the top of the cage. Chris Jericho makes his way to the top of the cage. They're wrestling. MJF busts Chris Jericho open up with the the ring. And uh, MJF basically saying, I'm going to toss Chris Jericho off this cage if the inner circle doesn't surrender. Sammy Guevara surrenders. Chris Jericho then gets pushed off the cage regardless. Through the stage, a lot of people complaining about the stage. I don't I don't care that it was a gimmicked stage, uh, like a balsa wood or cardboard even. I have no idea what it was, a rubber stage. I don't know. I think had they hidden the angle a bit better, it would have been better. I think the end of this match was a dud. They had some cool spots in the match. But going into the match, I did not think this. But now having had seen the match, I think it might have been better with the original lineup of the Inner Circle versus the Elite. I just feel like there was a lot of nothing in this match. Even when Jericho and MJF were fighting on top of that cage, the rest of the guys in the match just seemed like they were doing nothing. They were just all completely knocked out. It was weird. But I... I don't know how often we'll see a Blood and Guts match. I'm definitely looking forward to the next one. Because this was their first one, I'm going to cut them a bunch of slack on the finish and everything. And the actual the spots in the, in the match itself. Um, but yeah, that's, that's AEW Dynamite moving over to Impact Wrestling. Some news before we start that deals with AAA again. Deanna Perrazzo showed up. At their, their event this past week. And she'll be facing Fabi Apache for the championship. Title versus title match at Triple Mania. Fabi just won the vacant Reina de Reinas championship. It was vacated in February after Taya Valkyrie um, had a year and a half reign with it. She she signed with WWE and, and they vacated the title back in February. So it's been sitting there vacant. And now Deanna Perrazzo, I think will, I mean, most like, I don't see Fabi Apache walking out as, as impact uh, knockouts champion. So I think Deanna Perrazzo might be adding another title belt to her collection. But as far as impact wrestling goes this week, it kicks off with Chris Sabin picking up the victory over Rhino to move on to that six-way number one contender match at Under Siege. Uh, Chris Bay, Matt Cardona, and Sammy Callahan already qualified for it. And I thought it was a a decent match between Saban and Rhino. I'm happy that Chris Saban made it into that scramble match because it's been almost eight years since we've seen him as Impact Champion. So it'll be cool to see him go for that number one contender spot. I don't think he's going to be the one walking out with that opportunity. Uh, But then we saw Brian Myers backstage pissed off because Matt Cardona beat him for that spot at under siege. 
He then runs into Rosemary, who had a warning for him, and he just wasn't having any of it, and ran right into Black Taurus. So, that is going to be a cool matchup to see. I believe it's taking place at Under Siege. The next match, we saw Taylor Wilde pick up the victory over Susan. Kimberly gets involved behind the referee's back. Tried to do it again, but Caleb with a K puts a stop to her. Tennille Dashwood attacked Susan from behind um, behind the referee's back. And uh, I don't think there was... It wasn't like much of a match here, but I think Tennille Dashwood could potentially be teaming up or wanting to team up with Taylor Wilde. And uh, I'm here for it because they need more tag teams in the knockouts division, even though I, I would prefer that Tennille goes after the knockouts championship by herself. Uh, and then afterwards we saw Deanna Perrazzo interviewed and she was cut off by the decay. Rosemary called Perrazzo a coward. And then Jessica Havoc shows up, brought up how there's no opponents for Deanna Perrazzo. Perrazzo said she's going to go talk to Scott Demore about having Havoc face Rosemary to see who will face her. Scott later on caught her just before she left the building. I guess she just like didn't even want to go talk to him, but Scott made that matchup. So either Rosemary or uh, Havoc will be facing Deanna Perrazzo coming up. W. Morrissey had a vignette basically saying he's in agony and then he blames people for not caring about him when he was down and he wants everyone else to feel his agony. Willie Mack is going to be first up at Under Siege. And I'm, I said this before, I'm happy that he's back. I'm happy Big Cass is in Impact Wrestling. He'll be able to showcase what he can do. And we've always been big supporters of of Big Cass here. So I'm glad he's back. After that, we saw Trey Miguel defeat Rohit Raju to move on to that six-way scramble match at Under Siege. I thought it was a good match. I think Trey Miguel will definitely be fun to watch in that scramble match. And uh, Sammy Callahan's in there, so I'm sure it's not the end of that feud there. Jake Something came out, brawled with Shira and Rohit Raju afterwards. Uh, I think Shira and Jake Something had a match on, uh, I forget what it's called, that Impact does right before. The pre-show, I guess, for uh, not Dynamite, for Impact. Uh, after that, we saw Swingers Palace, about the uh, mainly about the the six-way scramble match at Under Siege. They all took shots at each other. Nothing big came from that. Gallows picked up the victory over Juice Robinson. Anderson got involved a little bit. The Elite attacked Finn Juice afterwards. Eddie Edwards ran down to make that save, but he also got beat down. That just uh, puts over their match coming up as well. I uh, believe it's a six-man tag coming up. El Fantasmo made his Impact Wrestling debut, picking up the victory over VSK, who also made his Impact Wrestling debut. Thought it was really cool to see VSK on Impact Wrestling. I like uh, when Long Island guys are able to be represented. Matt Stryker putting over Long Island. I thought that was cool. Uh, But it's pretty crazy that we got to see Kenny Omega, the Good Brothers, and El Phantasmo on the same episode of of Impact here 
given that Kenny Omega, the Good Brothers, are Bullet Club alum, and El Fantasmo is a current member of the Bullet Club. There was no interaction between them, but I think that's pretty crazy that that happened. Kind of like when Kenta was on Dynamite, but they had the interaction. Next match up, we saw Rachel Ellering pick up the victory over Kiara Hogan. I wish this match was longer. Uh, but the only thing to come of this is that Jordan Grace is going to be facing Tasha Steeles next week uh, before Fire and Flava get their rematch against Rachel Ellering and Jordan Grace for the Knockouts Tag Team Championships. And like I said before with uh, with uh, Taylor Wilde versus Susan and the involvement of Tennille Dashwood, we need more knockouts. And we certainly need more knockouts tag teams. We saw Don Callis speak to Moose before the main event, basically questioning why he was even a, in a qualifier match for, for that scramble match. He should have just been in the match. Moose then questioned whether or not he's just trying to keep him away from Kenny Omega. Moose made his intentions very clear from the start uh, prior to Rich Swan losing the championship to Kenny Omega. He wants the champion. Moose picks up the victory over James Storm to move to that six-man scramble match at Under Siege. Good match between Storm and Moose. Moose then attacks James Storm with a chair afterwards, stomps his leg in it, I don't know why that was done, but I think Moose is going to be the favorite to go on to face Kenny Omega. I just don't know why it was like a, like a, why do that huge heel move to then, like, are you going to face Kenny Omega and be a heel versus heel? I don't know. But I feel like we almost saw something similar happen to Kenny Omega recently on Dynamite. With the, the knee chair, the chair and the knee gimmick. That was Impact Wrestling. We're going to take a quick little break and hear a word from our sponsors over at manscaped.com. And we will be right back here on Marking Out. Support for Marking Out is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Look, I mean, I've done it. Dave's done it. Brandon's never done it. You're down there. You, sh- you know, shave it up, making sure everything looks clean and fresh, and you get a nick. Get a little cutsky there, and it stinks. It's no, it, it's no fun whatsoever. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. So essentially, it's the ball hair trimmer equivalent of Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. And they just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, 
I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. Because we all know that Brandon's gonna need it. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. So that way, you don't make a mess all over your bathroom. The one coolest feature is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet shrug technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So that way, I can charge my lawnmower 3.0, my camera batteries, and my phone all on the same shelf. Huzzah! If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours and get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS, that's one for this uh, read, at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS, that's two for this read, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code REGARDLESS. That's three for this read. And folks, if you want your boomer sooner to be fruity, delicious, fruity, fruity, delicious, fruity, delicious, well, then use the code REGARDLESS to get 20% off and free shipping. That's now four for this read. Don't forget to sauce it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out, episode 535. Check out manscaped.com. Use the code REGARDLESS. Get yourself 20% off and free shipping. The Lawnmower 4.0 is out. You can get the Lawnmower 4.0. You get the Weed Whacker, the Crop Shaver. Get some crop gel. Again, always, you can get some boxers, t-shirts. Check it out. No reason not to. Moving over to WWE and some Monday Night Raw. Mm. I thought for sure you... Oh, look at that. You were going. (laughs) Monday Night Nitro. Kicks off AJ Styles and Amos defeat the New Day to retain the Tag Team Championships. They opened up with a promo, which I don't think was necessary. Uh, yeah, we got a I don't match. think that was necessary. You know, I was ex- I was expecting you to bring me back into the. I, I it's just like I kind of just reappeared. But oh yes, that well whatever. well brandon brandon found me thanks brandon yeah you were just paused (laughs) yes but but the the match itself i I thought it was a decent match amas uh i think continues to impress in the ring i think a lot of the impressed aspect of amas is because i feel like everybody went into this expecting him not to be that great of a wrestler mm, or I even that good of a wrestler i definitely did not and triple h has high praise for ama so mm-hmm. um, yeah, after that I... I think the biggest thing in pro wrestling this week took place the return vignette for eva marie this time using the evolution which i don't know if i like that because emma used emolution hmm but I'm super happy that she's back. I don't... I feel like she might not be here as a wrestler this time. Okay. Well, first off, 
I marked out huge for this. I mean, this is something that you and I have been pretty much rooting for for the past few years. Um, and, and of course she gets, as soon as Eva Marie's name is mentioned, she gets so much hate and it's just unwarranted. Oh yeah. The people who, first of all, you and I watched NXT and saw her improvement in the ring. Yeah. I don't understand why people deny that she has improved. I mean, she was working with Kendrick for a long time too. Yeah. Like, please give credit where credit is due. Just like the Bella twins, right? Everybody, everybody found them awful. And then they went away, they trained, they practiced, and then they came back, and now they're Hall of Famers. Just give her the due that she deserves, but, you know, I'm very excited about this, but why don't you think she is a wrestler? I don't know, it didn't really seem like a wrestler vignette. I don't know. I'm really, I think that it's a wrestler vignette. I mean, it's on the same page as uh, the stuff that Carmella was throwing out there. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. How do you think that she will come back, though? I don't know, but I absolutely had to bust out the old classic uh, Eva Marie entrance uh, with the the voiceover for our intro. <laughs> I actually I went and re-recorded it, so mm-hmm. so it's nicer. <clears throat> but I don't know how. What do you do? You have thoughts on how she could come back to Raw? Well, I mean, you know, my original thought was Royal Rumble. That's not hop happening. That's not happening. Um, but now it's very difficult. Um, I really don't know. It's very tough to say because there's no surprise aspect to it now unless she costs someone a match or something. I don't know. What if she's Brock Lesnar's manager? I don't know why, but I <laughs> thought I thought you were going to stop at Brock Lesnar. Paul Heyman's busy with with Roman Reigns. Maybe the beast is coming back. I don't know. I really have no idea as to where she would fit in. I mean, I could see her distracting a championship match, but I don't know. I really want this. Rhea Ripley for the title. Yeah. I just want to see her get a shot, get a chance, a fair chance too. Yeah. Hold off on your judgment. She deserves it. Yeah. Give Next up, chance. we saw we saw Charlotte Flair pick up a victory over Dana Brooke. <sighs> Dana has a new theme song. I hate it. And there was no reason to change the old one. She had one of the best theme songs in WWE, and then Def Rebel happened. Just no like reason. Dolph Ziggler, just like Bobby Roode. But... I liked uh, beforehand in the promo, uh, Charlotte mentioning that Dana Brooke used to be her lackey. But we saw Mandy Rose attack Charlotte after the match because Charlotte refused to break the figure eight. Then Sonya Deville came out and Charlotte told her to add her to Oscar versus Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania Backlash. 
And Sonya obliged. Rhea Ripley came out to protest it. Asuka came out. Charlotte attacked Rhea Ripley. Asuka attacked Charlotte. And they were all standing up after this. We have a triple threat match at WrestleMania Backlash. I think it's going to be a really good match. We also saw Adam Pearce scold Sonya Deville for overstepping her bounds as of late. And then he did it again after this match, after after she added Charlotte to this match. Mm-hmm. Um, I just hope Charlotte doesn't win the championship. Huh. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. I don't want to see Charlotte Flair win that championship. She doesn't need it. She said that herself. She doesn't need a title to be champion, so why does she need to be in that match? Mm, exactly. Just thought of that. Makes me mad now. <laughs> I know. Next match up, though, we saw Damian Priest defeat John Morrison in uh, Damian Priest's promo before the match. He mentioned how Miz wouldn't last 10 seconds in New York City, which is where Priest is from. Which grinded my my gears because Miz literally became the Miz in New York City. Yeah. On the real world. But the match itself, though, we saw Miz distract Damian Priest, which allowed John Morrison to hit that middle rope Spanish fly. Damian Priest um, kicks out of that. We saw Miz try to get involved again, which distracted the referee. As uh, John Morrison had the inside cradle locked in on on Damian Priest. And Priest eventually hit the lights out. Which John Morrison took that move so perfectly. I thought it was so such a fantastic sell, I guess. Or, or take. I don't know how you, what, what word that is in wrestling lingo. Yeah, he's, he's so talented. Yeah. He really is. And I think it's really cool, like... I was talking to a patient, and they brought up how uh, they used to watch wrestling and stuff like that, but they were huge fans of Lucha Underground. And then we oh. ended up talking about John Morris and stuff like that. And it's one of those things that John Morrison, I feel like, since he returned to WWE, he just gets thrown with The Miz. Well, yeah, hasn't really. I mean, he was a tag, tag team champion again. Yeah, but but we're still waiting for that one shot. Yeah, I mean, he des- after everything that he's done, the guy deserves a solo run. Speaking of solo but... runs, up next we saw the Lucha House Party pick up the victory over Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. This match was already happening when the commercial break was over. And I felt like it was such a nothing match. But Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin have been on like a losing streak ever since March. And after the match, Cedric Alexander yelled at Shelton Benjamin about how they've gone from tag team champions in the Hurt Business to this. He blames Shelton for the losing streak, for being the weak link in the, in the, Hurt, the Hurt Business, and said that he should have turned on Shelton Benjamin too. He splits the team up. Super fired up promo from Cedric. I don't know where this came from. Why we have not seen this before. 
I thought that was fantastic. And then Shelton Benjamin said he's the reason why Cedric Alexander was in the Hurt Business in the first place. I don't know. I, I don't see Shelton Benjamin recapturing a singles championship anytime soon. But we are completely always pushing that. Yeah. I Once again, we were just talking about John Morrison. Shelton, not another one. Yeah. But uh, earlier in the night we saw Drew Gulak making fun of Angel Garza backstage. Angel Garza challenges him to a match and then picks up the victory over Drew Gulak. I thought it was a rather quick match, but I'm here for the Angel Garza build up. I totally agree with you. Angel Garza is once again another wrestler that just hasn't had a shot and well deserving. So also, should be cool. Drew Gulak got to got to show some comedy chops in that backstage segment. So true. maybe maybe we could see more of that. That'd be nice. Speaking of backstage segments, earlier in the night we saw Elias and Jackson Riker looking to get uh, revenge on New Day for what they did last week with the tomatoes. They start throwing some tomatoes and look up, and it's Randy Orton. Randy Orton, of course, needs a tag team partner. RK Bro. Pick up the victory over Elias and Jackson Riker. Fantastic spot for Randy Orton here. I agree. Last week, it's like, I don't trust Randy Orton here, but now it's like a breath of fresh air. Yeah, and him with Riddle and stuff. We, we said last week that RK Bro is something that I actually I want to see more. Yeah, and we got that that RKO finish with the floating bro, like the combination between them for the uh, the finish. Mick Foley compared them to Rock and Sock Connection, and I completely see that. I could see that too. I understand where he's coming from with that. Rock was a serious, more serious. Mankind was the goofy, silly guy. Randy Orton, completely serious. Matt Riddle, the goofy, silly guy. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm pumped for more RK Bro. Um earlier in the night we saw Umberto Carrillo get interviewed and he said that he's not afraid of Sheamus and he wants to challenge him. Sheamus then takes Umberto out. We see Mansoor sign with Monday Night Raw, who gets cut off by Sheamus. Basically telling Mansoor to accept Sheamus' open challenge. Mansoor accepts and then loses to Sheamus via disqualification. Sheamus controls most of this match. Umberto attacks Sheamus at the end. Umberto and Mansoor both eat bro kicks. I don't know how this works now because Mansoor was on a winning streak. If he had won his match on Monday Night Raw, I believe it would have been his 50th win in a row. Undefeated. Undefeated wow. winning streak in WWE. What does this do for his streak? He's now defeated. Well, that means no streak. But, like, did DQs count? Like, what the hell? Um, yeah, it's a loss. That's now, now you, Now you can <laughs> switch over to he's never... He's uh, never himself. been pinned, yes. Yeah, he's never been pinned or tapped out or 
something like that, or he's never uh, he's never lost on his own, you know? Yeah. So, next up you had a segment for Alexis Playground. Um, her promos are, are completely sick and amazing. I thought we were going to see Lily be introduced as a wrestler this week, though. What made you think this week? Well, because, I mean, I don't know. Alexa Bliss said something last week that made me think that, but she oh, spoke the, uh, about... Un- un- unleashing her. Yeah, and right? I guess that's what made me think we were going to see her, but instead, something nobody seemed to catch right away, Lily was in a bunch of backstage scenes. I missed them all. Really? Until until Twitter started to point some out. Um, but Alexa Bliss spoke about hide and seek and said that Lily has her eye on someone. So maybe it was somebody that she was seen with in one of those backstage segments. Um, but then to the tune of Daisy Bell, the bicycle built for two, Alexa Bliss sang, Lily, what did you make me do? I guess they couldn't uh, get the rights to a Taylor Swift song, but. <laughs> and it's funny. Every time I hear that song, it reminds me of the Rugrats. Okay. The, the Bicycle okay. Bill for Two, not not uh, not Taylor Swift. Uh, yeah, next up, you had cool. Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler pick up the victory over Bad and Blonde to retain the Tag Team Championships. I think this was the best we've seen of Bad and Blonde. Together as a team. Uh, I don't know. I'm still not a fan. I think for sure. Man, they were pulling tag move after tag move. They were a cohesive unit. Reginald, though, distracts the referee. So the referee missed the pin, and then Shayna Baszler was able to take advantage of that and pick up the victory for the team. Yeah, Reginald. I mean, if only he was there at uh, WrestleMania. Why? I don't know. I would have liked to see a Reginald WrestleMania spot. Well, the main event of Monday Night Raw saw Bobby Lashley, the champion, defeat Braun Strowman. I think, for what it's worth, Raw seemed somewhat decent this week. But I couldn't care less about this main event. Yeah. I didn't mind Raw, but this main event, I just, I just wasn't here for. Yeah, I definitely understand that. And like, uh, Braun Strowman may, was interviewed about the week before about how he had three matches, and he said how he, I think he said like he loved the, the aspect of having to work on the fly because people got sick or pe- things coming up. But with all of that taking place last week, I feel like maybe he shouldn't have been in the main event. I don't know. It makes sense, but well, it's just I so mean, much. Yeah, McIntyre. McIntyre's facing Lashley next week as the go-home show to WrestleMania Backlash. Um, but in this match, though, we saw Braun Strowman. He went to go for a clothesline. But McIntyre comes out of nowhere. And uh, Braun dropped everything to go face-to-face with him outside the ring. Lashley attacks Braun Strowman, tried to fist bump Drew. McIntyre was not having any of it, goes to join commentary. Lashley, we see, tossed uh, Braun Strowman into Drew McIntyre. And McIntyre 
afterwards hits Claymores on both Lashley and Strowman. No T-Bar, no Mace this week. Which is nice. Mm, well... You know, don't don't need to have them come out every week. I just, uh, I don't know. I just hope things look different after WrestleMania Backlash for the better. I hate that name. <laughs> yeah. Well, next up, let's talk about some NXT. Kicking off with Isaiah Swerve Scott picking up the victory over Leon Ruff in a Falls Count Anywhere match. They, yeah, pull, they pulled out all tried, the stops. Yeah, Ruff tried to start off hot right off the bat and took a knee to his face. Yes. I thought that was really good. Yeah, for uh, sure. S- Swerve goes for that middle rope suplex to Leon Ruff, who was on the apron outside, and Ruff counters it midair with a crucifix bomb from the middle rope. I thought that spot was awesome. The, the Poison Rana from the apron to the floor I thought was great. But the bigger aspect thing to come from this, the bigger thing to come from this, I don't know why I said aspect, AJ Francis showed up and attacked Leon Ruff when Leon Ruff went to go jump off the camera platform. And uh, that led to the end of the match. And we have a new faction with Isaiah Swerve Scott, AJ Francis, who we first met through WWE's Hidden Treasures, the host of WWE Hidden Treasures, and uh, Ashanti the Adonis and Brianna Brandy. Brianna Brandy, I'm not, I don't think I'm familiar with. I don't think you would be. She's never been on NXT before, right? Not to my knowledge. No, I mean, Adonis, we know uh, he's been... She's been in the, uh, the music industry. I know she's a rapper herself, and now she's uh, a, a professional wrestler. Huh. And so, it's not Brandy Brandy, right? What are you, stupid? <laughs> what are you, stupid? <laughs> what are you, stupid? <laughs> um, next but I'm you- here for that. I'm here for that stable. I'm, I'm pumped for that, for sure. Yeah, well. Maybe a, next uh, up- a face stable. Should uh, should come in, though. For sure. Next up, you had Cameron Grimes pick up the victory over Asher Hale. The former Anthony Henry from Evolve. Which, uh, it was a standard quick showcase match for Cameron Grimes. And I think the bigger thing to come of that was later on, Grimes celebrating his victory. Um, This is not the bigger thing. Ever-Rise showing up I thought was funny. And he basically is like, there's only room for three people, and that's me, myself, and I. And he goes, takes a limousine, if I'm not mistaken. Or no, he doesn't. He was walking. I don't remember now. I just remember Vanguard being specifically showcased in that. And I thought that was cool, because he was uh, he trained with the Hardys. So, mm-hmm. that's cool. But uh, Cameron Grimes gets denied from a club. Somebody somebody rents out the whole club. Who could the person be? But Ted DiBiase, the million-dollar man, going clubbing in 2021 for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, it's, I think it's a fun little feud that we get between Ted DiBiase and Cameron Grimes. And I really mm. wonder if Ted DiBiase remembers being on NXT over 10 years ago. 
Uh, I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, and I, I, I really think that's the record of, of somebody from the, the length of time between appearances. So I think that's cool. Uh, after that, we saw Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro get interviewed, and they said that they don't want anything else to do with Tian Shah, and they want a title shot. Frankie Monet shows up, puts them over, and also then like cuts them down right afterwards. So I thought that was weird to put Frankie Monet in that spot because she's a singles star. Mm-hmm. I think it's just get her out there in every uh, way possible. Unless we're going to be seeing um, some sort of matchup between the, the three of them. Could be. Or like uh, as a, a singles match. Could be. Next up, After you had that... Champa and Thatcher pick up the victory over Grizzled Young Vets. Really good match. Um, Hard-hitting match. GYV got to pick up that championship at some point. Yeah, but we saw Champa distract the referee during this. Thatcher hits uh, Zach Gibson with Wade Barrett's shoe. And then he locked in the armbar to pick up that victory. And... And, uh, yeah, good match. Definitely. We saw Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory try to lobby their way out of the match with Bronson Reed. Scarlett Bordeaux just happened to be in William Regal's office. And Regal let them know later on that we'll be seeing uh, Austin Theory versus Karrion Cross Because... Austin Theory was, uh, I mean, not rude, but kind of rude to Scarlett Bordeaux. Uh, I I would say, I would definitely file that under rude. And then Karrion Cross later on, we see that promo. He says he's not afraid of anybody, and then he addresses the Austin Theory situation. It gets cut off by Kyle O'Reilly. He challenges Karrion Cross. Gets cut off by Pete Dunn, who challenged both of them. And then we see the return of Finn Balor, who attacks Karrion Cross. Cross puts him down right away. First one down, Finn Balor. Everyone brawls, and it was broken up. Gargano and Austin Theory then jump Karrion Cross. Good segment. I just thought it was weird that uh, Finn Balor got dropped right off the bat. Nah. Matchup next, we saw Saray defeat Zeta Ramir. Uh, I liked they aired a, um, a video package to hype both of them up earlier on. And this was another really good match. That drop kick from Saray when uh, Zeta was seated on the the apron by the ropes was a crazy drop kick. And um, after the match, it looked like Tony Storm might have been ready to attack Saray uh, and maybe Zeta, but Zoe Stark puts a stop to that. And later on, we saw Tony cut a promo on Zoe Stark and said she doesn't even deserve to be in the same ring as her. Meanwhile, she's got a victory over Tony Storm, so maybe she does deserve that. I think that's going to be a fun little feud to play out. Something that I thought was interesting was the fact that they had an Imperium 
promo, not a vignette, a promo, backstage segment. Walter was on FaceTime and nothing came of this. I was expecting to see Imperium like later on or something, but we literally, nothing happened there. Yeah, it was kind of just worthless. I mean, nothing came from any of that. And to play it off next week, it doesn't make sense. Um, but we did get another Diamond Mine vignette, which I think will most likely be a stable. I can't... I, it just doesn't seem like a, a singles competitor right now. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, and then we see LA Knight pick up the victory over Jake Atlas. A lot of good back and forth in this. I like the promo from LA Knight beforehand. I just still... I don't like that finisher he's doing. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know, it's the Adam Rose, Dean Ambrose finisher. It just doesn't uh, doesn't hit right. Nah. I... But after that, we saw Legato Del Fantasma cut a promo on Kushida and MSK. Kushida appears on the screen, accepts uh, a challenge from Santos Escobar. That match gets set up next week. I don't know when we'll see MSK versus Legato, but uh, Kushida's facing him next week for the championship. Uh, I mean, Santos is facing Kushida for the championship next week. Mm-hmm. We saw a split-screen interview segment with Raquel Gonzalez and Mercedes Martinez. Martinez basically calling uh, Raquel Gonzalez a cookie-cutter. Uh, a cookie cutter wrestler who's molded after her in the blueprint that she created. Raquel fires back saying that in the one year that she's been there, she's surpassed absolutely everything Mercedes Martinez has done in her career. And Mercedes Martinez promised to end Raquel's reign in one night. I don't see her. I don't, I don't see her uh, ending. I don't see Mercedes Martinez becoming the champion. I don't. No, I see her. If anything, putting her over because that would be that would be a pretty big victory for Martinez to have over her. Vice versa. Uh, yes, yeah. Gonzalez had the victory over Martinez. Yeah. Main event of the evening. We saw the way. Pick up the victory over Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon in a street fight to become the new women's tag team champions. Earlier in the night, we saw Candice LeRae hide a drawing from Dexter Loomis, as well as Dexter himself, who was holding up flowers behind a door. Uh, just, I guess, so it wouldn't distract Indy Hartwell. Mm-hmm. But this match, it was a this was a really good match. I liked the uh, the chair tower spot setup that was stopped by Candice LeRae with a fire extinguisher. Mm-hmm. We have definitely seen Shotzi Blackheart. I don't know if she's ever connected with that move, but we've definitely seen her do that before when she was in, I want to say, Evolve. Um, oh. Shotzi hits that the ball pit on Candice LeRae and cracked the ladder that was that was draped against the ring in the barricade. I thought that was cool. Although I'm sure that was supposed that, to completely go through the ladder, but yeah, that that spot was awesome. I mean, and something that I love too. Another spot was the spot where uh, Hartwell did the elbow drop. Oh yeah, and it was like as if that was nothing. Yeah, she did a per a perfect yeah. uh, elbow drop from the out from the um, the ring rope to the outside of the ring through the table. 
Yeah. Um, also, speaking of tables, I liked the um, the the Alabama slam from Ember to to Indy Hartwell in the corner. Yeah, that looked stiff. Looked brutal. I liked uh, the spot where Indy Hartwell held up the smaller ladder while it was draped on the rope to form a bridge so Candice could hit the uh, the lion salt. Mm-hmm. And then we get the brass knuckles. Wasn't mentioned until after the match was over. And the wicked stepsister onto a chair for them to pick up the victory. And I was not expecting a title change at all. I thought it was a fantastic match. Overall, I thought it was a great episode of NXT. I, it reminded me of NXT TakeOver. Yeah, I I agree with you. It had a great feel. And considering everything that AEW was doing that week, they're not a comparison. But I also feel like NXT had to do something special of their own. And I think that this match was incredible. It was It was great. <sighs> I don't think they needed to do something special. In fact, I think, I don't know if I mentioned it last week, I feel like I did, that people were saying the reason why Throwback Smackdown was happening was because Blood and Guts was this week. No, it's because of the race car. Well, yeah, which we didn't find out until tonight. We literally didn't find that out until Smackdown. I don't know if it was something out there. Because, like, I mean, I know... I know my sister uh, watches NASCAR and stuff, and they owe, every year they have that throwback race. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, every year they do that throwback race. So it's definitely something that they knew ahead of time. But NASCAR is the sport where they play with a baseball, right? And a bat? No, no, it's where, it's where they have the birdie. Oh, a birdie. Yeah, you got to hit the birdie over the net. You have to hit a birdie? What do you mean? I thought you were talking about bird watching. No, 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 no. It's where you hit the birdie, and once you make the connection, it goes tweet, 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 tweet. You know, I gotta and say, it's... Uh, I gotta say, a bit, a bit annoyed when uh, years after I graduated high school, badminton became like a uh, an actual like division sport for for our school, and like they toured around. I know our cousin was on a badminton team as well. Mm-hmm. I uh, if if badminton was in. Uh, was around when I was in high school. I think I would have had a Letterman jacket. Yeah, you know, <laughs> not that we had Letterman jackets, but but a hundred percent, I was like beast at 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 uh, at uh, can't even remember what it's called now. Badminton. Jeez, you better <laughs> yeah. just move on. <laughs> yeah, NXT you know. UK happened on Peacock this week. Ilya Dragunov. Picks up the victory over Dave Mastiff, which had a very interesting finish here. Ilya Dragunov was up on Dave Mastiff's back, elbowing him in the head. Mastiff falls backwards onto Dragunov. And then the referee saw that Mastiff was kind of out of it and called for the the bell. Tosses up the X. Mastiff was bleeding, so I assume... I assume that the X and... um, and the, the bell, call for the bell was supposed to happen regardless of the blood. But it was a very mm-hmm. interesting finish because Ilya Dragunov has been on this, like, not-my-fault sort of, like, anger. It just happens. He can't control it. Match after Can that, we like, saw Trent just going, Seven. Pulling out Go his ahead, inner uh, Gene Snitsky. Gene Snitsky? No, it's not like Gene Snitsky. I, I misspoke. 
But Trent Seven picked up the victory over Saxon Huxley. Sam Gradwell appeared on the screen to somewhat distract Trent Seven, but it didn't really work because Seven still picked up the victory. Um, backstage, we saw Amel attack Zaya Brookside due to the fact that she's not going to be in the gauntlet match next week to see who the number one contender is for the NXT UK Women's Champion. I don't know if she'll replace Zaya Brookside. I don't know. Maybe Zaya Brookside will end up being in the match still regardless. I'm not sure. But the main event of NXT UK this week had some huge stakes. We had Kenny Williams pick up the victory over his former partner, Amir Jordan, in a loser leaves NXT UK match. I thought this was a fantastic match. They used weapons. They pulled up the ringside stuff, uh, the ringside mats. Maybe this means Amir Jordan is coming to the United States for 205 Live. Maybe it means he's going to be coming here for NXT. Raw, SmackDown, I have no idea. But I hope it's not. I don't think it would be the last time we see Amir Jordan. And I hope it's not. So that's NXT UK moving over to SmackDown. A special throwback episode of SmackDown. Very mishmash episode of uh not not of the the actual matches that we got, just the actual throwback aspect of it was was weird. But it starts off. We get a cool well, intro. Uh, it was very eighty centric. But then we got stuff like the original SmackDown like logos, and we got the three D fist instead of the actual SmackDown fist. It was like just a three D graphic that was used throughout the night. Which I mean, I I get it. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. I didn't mind the graphics, the 80s graphics. It was just a bit confusing because SmackDown never went through that <laughs> that phase. But we yeah, got that's... Michael Cole dressed up in that jean shirt that he used to wear, so I popped for that. Pat McAfee dressed like a classic Vince McMahon. So that was, again, a clash, a mishmash of, of Raw and years, SmackDown, I guess. Yeah. But it opens up with Roman Reigns. I almost said Roman Reigns. (laughs) Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman, and Jey Uso doing a 10-bell salute for Daniel Bryan's career. Since you said that, do you think that Roman, if Roman Reigns ever teams with Matt Riddle, they should go by the Broman Empire? The Broman Empire. That's, yeah, that's, I'll sign up for that. Just had to say that. All right, continue. Yeah, remember that. <laughs> Episode 535, we coined Broman Empire. <laughs> but uh, they gave a 10-bell salute for Daniel Bryan's career. And then Jimmy Uso returned as a replacement of Daniel Bryan. Cesaro came out to say that nobody could replace Daniel Bryan. Seth Rollins attacks Cesaro from behind. Blue shirt referees, big time pop from me for that. And then Teddy Long. Always great to see Teddy Long on SmackDown. He comes out and makes the announcement that if Cesaro defeats Seth Rollins, he gets the one-on-one match with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania Backlash. And then we saw uh, Seth, not Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns attack Cesaro. We got a quick Ico Pro spot. I know you pop for that. Oh, that's for sure. Got an ice cream bars uh, promo later on, which I wish they'd stop showing us because we want the actual original ice cream bars. 
I know they have to. I don't understand why they haven't. You bring you bring out New Day cereal, but yeah, but that's a don't... niche. That's a niche market thing. That's like a an Fye gimmick. Yeah, exactly. To, but there ice has cream to be bars, a company that's willing to make and sell these things. Everybody loves ice cream bars. I mean, you you would have it at the in the ice cream stores, or you have it at the ice cream man uh, when he drives by. And that's what's bizarre to me is that. I, I, was it not? I think it was Good Humor that put out the most recent ice creams. Mm-hmm. They were good ice creams. They just weren't what we wanted. Exactly. It wasn't worth the price for sure. No. And it and it goes out over barriers too because all it really, it's a great ice, it really is a great a ice cream sandwich, bar. a vanilla cookie sandwich. Yeah. But the match we saw, Cesaro picked up the victory over Seth Rollins. I thought they killed this match. Uh, the Usos were ringside for this and tried to cheat for Seth Rollins, who was like, no, 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 no. Absolutely not. He ends up pushing, I think it was Jimmy Uso to the ground. Gets a super kick behind the referee's back. Cesaro gets the win because of this. Cesaro, that float over neutralizer, by the way, to, to, to win the match, I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. But Seth Rollins confronts Roman Reigns afterwards. Roman Reigns was pissed at him for losing. And he's like, I'll, fa- I'll handle my family. Which Seth Rollins said, if you don't, I will. We later on saw Roman Reigns skull Jimmy for that. Jimmy pops off on Roman Reigns. We see Jay confront Jimmy uh, later on. And Jimmy's like, Roman isn't best for business. We should go for the tag team titles. Jimmy Uso was super pissed off there. And he didn't want to accept Roman Reigns as the tribal chief. He was still pissed off from from, uh, Hell in a Cell. Yeah. But then we see Sami Zayn confront Teddy Long. He wants a match for the Intercontinental Championship. And Teddy Long is like, you know what? You'll go one-on-one with The Undertaker. <laughs> Classic Teddy Long line. Sami Zayn and The Undertaker of history, dating back to uh, SmackDown 2019, Madison Square Garden, the big return. Took a choke slam there, but uh, Undertaker was not on this episode of SmackDown. And Teddy Long instead announced a 10-man tag for later on where he teased King Booker being on his team. And I was like, so happy that that was a thing. And then it was just King Corbin. It was a funny spot. Mm-hmm. I saw actually, Carmella. I, I actually liked all the promos. Yeah, all the promos that led up to that match were good too. Yeah, I, I like that it was group promos too with everybody together. Yeah. Um, but Carmella picked up the victory over Ruby Riot. I think the most notable thing here was that Carmella was trying to use the ropes to win and then Liv pointed it out and then got kicked off the apron. There wasn't, like, much substance to this match. No. Bailey though, celebrates the women's champions of WWE, celebrating the likes of Alundra Blaze, Jacqueline Lita, Trish Stratus, Ivory, Beth Phoenix, Molly Holly, and eventually the current SmackDown Women's Champion, Bianca Belair. And Bailey blasts them all. None of them are on her level. Trashes Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair comes out, refutes everything that Bailey said, 
And Bailey goes to uh, Colcabana. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she tries to shoot shoot town. What is it? A to double leg takedown her? Yeah. And Bianca Belair was able to block it, but Bailey eventually gets the upper hand in that segment. Yeah, I I thought that this segment was was hot. It was totally awesome. You know, I I was so excited to see uh, Bailey just come out, and then this segment was awesome. It was fun. Uh, Bailey versus Belair. I am fully behind, and the. The promos are fun. This was great. I did think, though, that we were going to see Bailey in an impromptu match against one of those legends. That would have been interesting. I thought, yeah, I thought maybe we would see... When she starts talking trash about Alundra Blaze, I was like, oh, Alundra Blaze is about to come out and wrestle Bailey. That didn't happen. And it, it, when I when this segment was happening and those thoughts were going through my head, I'm like, this could totally like work for Bailey, where she spends the summer facing legends. She doesn't have to be the women's champion. She could lose to Bianca Belair at WrestleMania Backlash, and then spend the summer like Heath Slater leading up to a Raw 1000 facing all the legends. I don't know if that if like you would find that entertaining or whatever. I, I think. I definitely would find it entertaining. I it's very rare. Ever since Bailey changed her gimmick, it's very rare that I haven't been an- entertained by anything that she's been a part of. So I would be all f- fully supportive of that. And it'd be it'd be cool to see people like Alundra Blaze, Ivory, Jacqueline, Victoria Gail again. Kim. Yeah, well, I that's I don't think that'll ever happen. <laughs> but. Uh... After that segment, we saw Dominic pick up the victory over Dolph Ziggler. Ziggler coming out wearing his one of his uh, old school pink T-shirts, which I thought was cool. Um, somewhat of a, a quick match and a quick victory here. But I thought it was interesting. Yeah. It was supposed to be against Rey Mysterio. I wonder what happened there. I know there was a, a, a segment beforehand, but I, I don't think it warranted a match change. I don't know. That's interesting. Uh, and then after that, we see Tamina pick up the victory over Reginald via disqualification. I was just happy to get another intergender match here. But yeah, Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax got involved. Natalia yeah. got involved as well. And then uh, the champions overpowered them. Now, it wasn't as interactive as the one with Sasha Banks. But no, not at all, no. Like It was more evading than actual like head scissors right. and stuff like that. But still 100% entertaining. Main event, though, we saw Sami Zayn, Apollo Crews, Alpha Academy, and King Corbin pick up the victory over Big E, Kevin Owens, the Street Profits, and Shinsuke Nakamura. Didn't like this match. We had a huge brawl outside at one point. It seemed like there wasn't a lot of control during the match. I feel like it's tough to have a control when it's a, what, a five on five or six? Yeah, I just think it's a, I don't know, it's a cop-out sort of thing. I feel like you can have a a 10-man tag and have it, like, actually not break down like that. I don't know. I feel like it always breaks down like that. It 100% almost always breaks down. Yeah, so um, so that doesn't bother me. 
But King Corbin, out of nowhere, almost hits the end of days on Shinsuke Nakamura to pick up the victory. And I think the spot of the night, probably Montez Ford flying, launching himself over the the top rope onto Otis. That was insane uh, distance on that jump dive. Yeah. And to close SmackDown, we see Roman Reigns come out. Jimmy basically asking where he stands. Uh, Jimmy asking where uh, Jey Uso stands with him. Saying that he wouldn't have ever quit to Roman Reigns at Hell in a Cell. Roman telling him to fall in line or go home. Jimmy goes to leave. Jey Uso goes after him to talk to him. So Zaro comes in from nowhere, from out of nowhere, attacks Roman Reigns from behind. Jey Uso goes to help Cesar, uh, Roman Reigns. Jimmy seems like he's not sure what he wants to do. Eventually goes to help Jey Uso. And then Cesaro takes all of them out. Cesaro looking like a mega superstar. The most we've ever seen WWE let him do is like now. Yeah. Jimmy Uso, this adds fuel to the fire. I got attacked because I was saving you because you were saving him. If we just walked away, we could have gone off. We could just be champions. We don't need Roman Reigns. We don't need to acknowledge him as a tribal chief. I got hurt because you were getting hurt because he was getting hurt. This is all Roman Reigns' fault. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's going to be the storytelling next week, but we shall see. But that was SmackDown. Now it's time for some shoutouts. Hey, Brandon, got any shoutouts? Hey, wow, this is Owen Wilson. You're listening to Brandon's shoutouts. The first shoutout goes to Smokin' Owls. It had been like. Had to be over a year, definitely over a year because of COVID, since I had food from them. And I've been craving almost since the the beginning of the pandemic, their monster beef ribs there. Finally had it the other night. They were so good. I I just want like more and more of them. So I'm happy I finally went out and got smoking owls. Uh, It's funny you bring that up because I was talking to Kevin the other day. My uncle, his cousin, and he was bringing up smoking. We were talking about smoking else too. Such so that's a good kind place. of weird that, huh? Such a good place. It really is. What did you get? The the beef ribs. Beef ribs, appetizer. No. The beef ribs are enough. I literally just I didn't even eat the sides with it. I just ate the beef ribs by themselves. Yeah, you really don't need appetizers there. Well, actually, and plus, I ate, I ate appetizers are the same price as a meal pretty much there. Yeah. But the next shout-out goes to the 2010 Mattel and 2011 All-Stars Macho Man announcements. Um, with the biography that aired on Sunday, it had me going back to watch what I would consider pretty iconic moments. Uh, it was Macho Man's return to WWE. And unfortunately, his last two appearances before he passed away in May of 2011. Um, But -hmm. just like the Mattel announcement, it was a live video at San Diego Comic-Con. So it's like they introduce it and it's like, ooh, yeah. Like the fans go crazy. Mm -hmm. 
you get goosebumps. And then the, the, the All-Star announcement was really cool, too, to see him back in a WWE video game. Yeah. And then the last shout-out goes to Denise Salcedo because of her interview with Jeff Jarrett. He was on her show promoting his podcast, which is called My World. It's out now. You could definitely look it up, subscribe. But more importantly, she asked him about his relationship with Taylor Swift and how his daughters ended up being in the Mind music video. And it was really interesting to hear. And I've always wonder, wanted to know. For years, I've wondered, like, how did that happen? But he said just because Taylor Swift lived in the neighborhood, they apparently became family friends. And she would, like, take the, the girls and go bake cookies with them. And one day she just showed up and she's like, I want her in the music video. Wow. And that's how it happened. So it was pretty cool to hear him because I don't think, I don't really don't think Jeff Jarrett has ever really spoken about that. So it was cool. So you could definitely check it out on her YouTube, youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. And those are my shout outs. Now it's time for our. right our mark out moment of the week i think collectively eva marie coming back oh yeah um there's no no disagreeing with that for me and for you 100 percent eva marie's return i also have from ww hidden treasures uh, they had Jerry Lawler this week go to Bill Aptor's house to get Andy Kaufman's neck brace, which I wow. thought was awesome. And then after, like, he literally just like gave it to them. No, nothing in return. Didn't need anything. Um, and then when they get to the warehouse, Jimmy Hart was there and also had Andy Kaufman's glasses and I think an elbow pad from Andy Kaufman. So I thought that was a really cool episode. I. Definitely, I don't know, maybe I should have expected it, but when I when we heard, or when I heard there was a Jerry Lawler episode, I didn't think we were going to see any Andy Kaufman stuff there. I didn't think of that, too. So, that just, that. like, adds even more fuel to, like, why the hell is Andy Kaufman not in the WWE Hall of Fame? Triple H puts maybe Andy Kaufman over to huge it. as, like, one of the first ever celebrity involved with wrestling. Mm-hmm. Hell, it seems like a no-brainer. Yeah. That's the Markout Moment of the Week, folks. It's episode 535. Follow us on Twitter at MarkingOut, BTTG161, Chris Sweendog, David PTDPT. Got to get used to that. That's a very, very long, confusing saying. But... Facebook, facebook.com slash out, youtube.com slash out 11 Instagram is out 11 I'm on Instagram as well, BTDG161, prowrestlingtees.com slash out. Use the code REGARDLESS. Get yourself 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com, twitch.tv slash out. Go to markingout.com. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify Podcasts, so much more. And we wish you... The... The...
best, best of luck, luck in your in future, your future endeavors. endeavors. Have a fantastic week.